Hello there, it's Justin Hughes and it is great to be sitting here in front of my microphone talking to you guys for the first time in 18 months. I'm really excited to get this back up and going. I'm going to get Andrew on here in a bit, but I definitely want to take a moment and talk to you all, have a little raw moment with you guys before we get started. If you're not interested in hearing about this non-baseball stuff, look at the show notes. I will have it in there when we get the show started and what the timestamp is. But I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit before I got started about what happened because suddenly we disappeared. Andrew and I had been recording pretty regularly through the off season in December of 2021. We had just posted a podcast two podcasts actually with Chris Winder talking about our Rotomasters draft and hold leagues and then we were gone and that was a decision that I made and I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about it I didn't just leave this podcast I left fantasy baseball completely you know sometimes life as you expect it to be when everything feels pretty normal can change on a dime and that's what happened to me um, suddenly and pretty unexpectedly my family situation got turned upside down and my, um, basically during that time I found out that my home life wasn't near as good as it I thought it was not uh, you know I was pretty happy but things in my house were not what I thought they were and I had to take a step away to try to see if I could make things right to with my marriage as a dad and improve myself and honestly I thought at that time I was never going to be back to fantasy baseball and I messaged Andrew about a week later and told him that I just got to step away from everything I stepped away from my dynasty teams I stepped away from everything that I did with fantasy baseball cold turkey and you know now I realize I over was overcompensating trying to save my marriage save my family and I learned a valuable lesson in that that sometimes just things aren't going to work out the way you want them to and you know it was a very dark time for me I as my wife and I separated I really struggled with just a desire to do anything. It was a very dark time. I, quite frankly, did not want to live for a little while. And I'm sure any of you who have been through this before, you understand where I'm coming from. I remember a boss of mine telling me a story because he had been through a divorce and somebody who I knew got fired out there in that work and he told me that he had just gone through a divorce and one of the lines he told me that stuck with me for 20 years is going through a divorce can really change you it really can change a man and i remember that and i remember this guy who i considered a good friend who was suddenly let go of his job because things had gotten really dark for him and he people suspected something was wrong and he ended up failing a drug test now thankfully I did not turn to anything extreme. I actually stayed away from alcohol and drugs during this time because I knew how dark of a place I was and I got help. And while it took me a while to find the right counselor, uh, 
and it took me a while to finally understand why what happened happened, but also that I'm going to be okay and it's going to be okay no matter what. So I share all this. I'm excited to be back and we're going to talk about baseball in a bit, but I really want to share this to you just in case anybody's listening to this and you're in a dark place. Maybe it's a failed marriage, a failed relationship with a partner. Maybe it's a failure with your job, your family, your friends. Something has got you feeling really down and you just don't know where to go from here and your motivation in life just is hurting. It's not going well. You know, it's okay to not be able to be your full person, be your full self. It's okay. Sometimes it's just about what you're capable of in those days. And maybe it's just getting up and taking a shower and going to work and making it back home or whatever it is, just the little steps. One thing I really kept trying to tell myself during it was just get out of bed, little things at a time, get out of bed, get myself going. It's going to be okay. Just make steps. And if any of you all are listening to this and you need someone to talk to, you know how to get a hold of me. I mention all of my tags and they open on every podcast. Reach out to me. I'll be happy to talk, listen, whatever it is you need. And also, my other thing I would recommend is to talk to, just be talk. If it's not me, find someone to talk to, especially professional counseling. I'm a big advocate for that. Mental health is something that's not talked about enough, enough, especially by men. I mean, I know that that's getting better. But there are still plenty of people that view counseling as something that is a weak thing to do. And I completely am against that. I think that's complete bullcrap. And it can be really helpful for you for the short term and the long term to understand why and what makes you do the things you do. And you can be better. You can recognize it better. So... Yeah, that's my talk. I'm really excited to get back and talk baseball with you guys. Thankfully, whenever I finally got things figured out, I was able to reach out to Andrew. I was able to get back in my dynasty leagues. And Andrew and I talked months ago about bringing the podcast back whenever the time was ready. I had a year-long coma from baseball that I had to relearn everything. And I'll talk about that a lot as we go through this. But I think that's enough of me blabbering. I'm really glad to be here with you all. I'm really, really excited to get this started again. Let's talk some baseball. It's the Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. We are back. December 26th, 2021, we left baseball, though, or at least the podcast area. I left it completely, and I honestly thought the last episode of this podcast had been recorded. But here we are, July 7th, or maybe if you're listening on July 8th, July 9th, whatever it is, we are back. 
Welcome to episode 137 of the Baseball 365 podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day, week, whatever it is to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. It's been dead for the majority of the last 19 months. I cryptically posted a tweet on there with a, the Undertaker from WWE Rising about a month ago. Nobody really noticed it, didn't get any attention. But that was my little cryptic tweet. If you haven't followed us, uh, if you weren't following us before, go give us a follow. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew McQuiston at AMCQ82. And I hear there's this new thing called Threads that's starting up. I have no idea if it will become a thing or not, but I did create an account with that same handle, Justin Hughes 365. So if Elon burns Twitter to the ground and Threads becomes a thing, I'm sure there will be more going on there. And you can join our Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we have over 3,000 members talking about baseball every day of the week, month, year, all year long. There's some great minds in the group who are on daily that will help you out if you got a question about a player, a team, or just want to talk about the game of baseball. And the best way you can support us is to go to iTunes. This show's been sitting here dead for a year and a half, just doing nothing. So getting a few nice comments and ratings would be a good way to help us get us get back out there in the world. And if you do that, we'd be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. And now, let's bring on my good friend, the man whose baseball, great baseball intellect, has been kept hidden off the podcast waves for 19 months, Andrew McQuiston. How you doing, buddy? I am doing good. It's good to be back. Wasn't sure um, when we would get back, but glad we're back. Yeah, exciting. It's been a wild ride, and I, I miss doing this with you, man. I didn't even, I didn't realize it until... The last few months, I mean, as as I've gotten myself back in this, I've just missed doing this. It's just something I enjoy spending time with you talking baseball. We, I've missed that. I've missed talking to all the all the people that listen. I mean, it's it's great to be doing this again. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I used to always start this with some sort of cold open question, or not cold open, but just an opening question for you and. You know, it's been 19 months. Andrew, what's something cool that's happened in the last 19 months? What what baseball, non-baseball, whatever it is you want to say, you got something that's happened in the last 19 months that sticks out to you? Um, I would say the coolest baseball thing was probably my Michael Harris bet, which I know a lot of people know about. The people here but, don't, um, so you should talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I uh, I bet Michael Harris to win the NL Rookie of the Year about, I think it was about five days after his call-up, and he won it, and I got him at 80-1, to 1, so that was Ooh. that was really fun. But it was, it was fun because at the end, we were sweating it out versus Strider, you know, and I... <laughs> I thought Strider was going to win. Like, I think if I was voting, I even would have voted for him potentially. But it was just, it was so close. We were sweating every Strider start. And then at the, um, like, every day that Strider would pitch, every fifth day, the odds would shift. So that was pretty, uh, pretty fun, pretty stressful. But 
yeah, we pulled it out. Yeah, that's a cool one. That's a real cool one. Um, you were telling me about this, so I was completely cold, as you guys heard from the, you know, the pre-show there. I was completely out of the baseball realm, but I made a trip to Chicago. I went to AEW All Out. That would probably be my cool thing if there was anything. I went up to a, go catch an AEW pay per view up in Chicago last week, last summer. But in doing so. I caught a White Sox game with you and you were telling me all about that bet. And at the time yeah. I was just learning who Strider was. I was so far out of it, but I had picked up MLB the show a couple weeks before. So I at least was seeing his name a little, I think at that point I had, but didn't realize the year he was having. And yeah, that's a cool, that's pretty neat to have made that bet and to pull that off given the, yeah, it was how fun. the odds were at the beginning, 80, 80 to one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was super fun to follow. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk some baseball again. And on this episode, we were Andrew and I have talked for months about what are we going to do with this first episode? Because you got to start, you know, it's exciting to be back. Let's start off with a bang. And I think you were the one that came up with this suggestion. And I love it. It's We're halfway through the season right now. We just passed a halfway point. We're getting ready to go into the All-Star break. This is part one of probably what I expect to be two-part episode where we're going to do the first redraft mock draft for the 2024 season. Like some people right now are doing second, what do they call that? Second chance leagues. Isn't that what yeah. they call them? Yeah. For the, like, I think they're either second half or maybe from the day they draft. I'm not, I'm not actually a hundred percent, but yeah, for the rest of the season, you would think you would start those right after the all-star break, but who knows? Maybe they start them right at, you know, yeah. right at the midway point, but you know, you brought up the suggestion, why don't we draft for 2024 for a redraft? And I think you were the one that said, um, there aren't those out there yet. And, you know, as I was making my list, I got on Google and I noticed as I started searching for 2024 redraft ranks, there's nothing. You can't find a list yeah. anywhere yet, which is what makes this a little more fun because, you know, some people will be talking about ranks the rest of the year. I don't think there's too many people doing that, but to talk about next year and what, you know, we're halfway through what we're learning through this season and how that could take a, like how that could affect next year. And yeah, I think it's a fun idea. So we are going to do draft as if we are 15 teams in this league. And what I mean by that is I think we'll probably do one or two or three rounds between these first two episodes, just depending on how quick we go. But we're going to draft like Andrew is going to draft all the odd numbered teams, one through 15, one, three, five, seven, nine, 11, 13, 15. And I'm going to be the even numbered teams. And we're going to take into account who we drafted in the first round with those teams as we're drafting to make it feel a little more realistic as compared to us just moving down our own ranks. Cause it may, it may make a little bit of a difference if we've taken two pitchers in the first two rounds or, a pitcher in the first round, maybe we'd want to go with a bat or vice versa. So that's what we got going on tonight. And again, this might be two episodes. If so, we'll cut it in half and we'll put the other one out uh, later, which we'll talk about at the end. If we cut it, we're doing uh we should probably mention weekly. Yes, weekly. And we are going to do this on standard five by five. And meaning we're doing batting average and we're all and um, wins the 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 standard five by five, the traditional categories. 
And on top of that, we're also drafting with this in mind that this is a draft and hold. So this is going to be more NFBC style 50 team draft and hold, which does change things also whenever you're drafting. Anything else I missed from this before we kind of get moving on? No, I think that's, I think you pretty much covered it. Okay. So before we go, I do have just a quick question for you that I did. I don't think I put this in the notes yet, but um, we're only just past the halfway point of the season since you finished drafting all off season. Is there anything that's happened in this first half? Do you feel like any strategies for the early rounds will be much different this off season compared to last last? Uh, possibly. Yeah. I, with this, I mean, we're probably going to end up going 30 players deep, you know, first couple rounds. I didn't think about it a whole lot because there's still some of it's still kind of TBD with mm -hmm. position eligibility and stuff like for example, one thing I had mentioned to you last or a few days ago was, you know, like last season, I was willing to bump J Ram up a couple of spots in the first round because I hated third base late. Um, little things like that. Just obviously he's going high regardless, but I'm just talking about like when it's kind of you're nitpicking anyways, I was willing to just be a little more aggressive on him for that reason. Um, I'm not necessarily at this stage looking too deep into positions for next year. Um, we'll get to that more in the off season. So some of it obviously will, will change and stuff, but yeah, strategy specific stuff, nothing off the top of my head. I, I mean, maybe the one thing that I kind of feel like right now, but have to look a little more deep into it is just a lot of these, uh, a lot of the pitchers that we were taking really high mm -hmm. have not worked out. So I don't know if that means you're more aggressive on the very top ones or you're less aggressive on them or, you know, how that's going to play out. But, you know, that kind of reminds that, me of fantasy so. football a little bit. You know, sometimes early in a or one year, all the running backs get injured. And so people, yeah. people just naturally push down running backs because they get scared of it. And then the next year, the running backs that are, you know, supposed to that are typically up there at the top, all uh, the majority of them stay healthy, and then all of a sudden they get pushed back up. You can see that happen, and yeah, I could see pitching get knocked down a little bit just with how bad it's been. I mean, now that you say that, I'm just gonna quickly pull up the ADP, the top ten ADP pitchers. Oh, I was I was just looking at it the other day about the <laughs> I top got it here. thirty. It's like thirty or forty, and. <laughs> I mean, the the studs are still the studs, you know, like for the most part. But man, there's there's just guys that have dropped off and gotten hurt and maddening. I feel like the ace tier, like what we felt like the ace tier was going to be coming into this season, it felt really deep to me. So, and I don't know if it's going to feel quite as deep going into next season. And maybe that means you're more aggressive on the top ones. That that. That's viable, too. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. but The top 10 pitchers in ADP this year, and let's just, I mean, think about this and think of how many of them you'd be happy that you drafted right now at this point that you would say worked out. We got Otani. That's a check. Yes. Um, Corbin Burns. Would you say that's a yes or a no? Because I, 
I think uh, I'd, I'd be, I have him. I have him in some spots. He's been disappointing, but you you with everything that's happened this year, you almost just have to be happy he's healthy <laughs> and I, that he's hasn't been terrible. I mean, he's been fine. Not I, not as good as you hoped. Correct. I personally would put him as a no just because you took him so high and you were expecting a stat. Yeah, but, but when right. you compare him to some of the other no's, yes. he's been way better than a lot of them. So, correct. Yeah. Cole, yes. Um, Alcantara, no. 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 Not even close. Strider, yes. DeGrom, no. Nola, yes. Woodruff? Eh. No, Nola's been know. pretty no. well. I think I yeah, he's been all right. Up. Yeah, he's been all right. I, 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 I don't feel like he's been great for where he went, but he's been all right. No, but, I mean, Woodruff, McClanahan are the 9 and 10 behind, or I guess Woodruff's 8 because Class A is number 7, or 8, we're not talking relievers here, but starting pitchers mostly what I mean. Woodruff, no. McClanahan's a to-be-determined. Hopefully he's healthy, but I'd say right now. Yeah, he, I mean, he's been, yeah, yeah, he's been good. And then Verlander would be 10. No. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a mixed bag there. It's not. And good. even if you go down, we're not going to read them all. But even if you go down from that, it's it's it, that's where just it really a lot of misses. Bad. I mean, j- yeah. If you go from ten to twenty to thirty, that's where I mean, it like, really Ma- gets ugly. Like Max Fried and Alec Manoa were safe, right? <laughs> yep. Like, you know, it's just Carlos Rodon. It's just crazy. It's just bad. It's really yep. bad when you get outside the ten. Yep. Okay, Andrew, you get first pick here. Let's just, are you ready to get this going, or you got anything else before yep. we go? No, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, and I'm, I've am i got the draft board here in front of me to where I'll be writing these down as we go, so we'll actually kick. I'll, yeah, I'll mention gonna, who that was whenever was we get to the second round. Too. So, all right, so, number one, yeah. one. Who do you got right first, now? First pick, um, I don't – I was kind of thinking about it, and I, I don't think it's been this easy in maybe a few years, maybe three to five years. I don't know, but it's Acuna. I I just can't uh, – I can't imagine in a weekly league right now taking anybody but Ronald Acuna number one. I think there will be a few other guys that go one in random drafts, and obviously we still have the rest of the season to play out. But 21 homers, 41 steals. It's you know July 7th. Um, his his live steamer. Like if you take the the steamer projection, like the in season update. So uh-huh. it's what it's what he's done to this point plus his projection for the rest of the year. So essentially, what they're projecting him at based on his season so far: 38 homers, 68 steals for the year, and a three. <laughs> And a 322 average. I mean, it's just crazy. 414 think, on base. I think one of the, the craziest things is how much he's cut the K rate down this year. It's been around 23% the last couple of years. It's at 12. So, oh. yeah, I just, I can't imagine, like me personally right now, clicking anyone else's name. I just can't even imagine it. It's It's the easiest pick. At one, and what's funny is, is coming into this year, I felt the total opposite. It was almost mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of guys you can take at one, and granted, he was one of them, but there were other ones that I felt like were viable. And now it's kind of just like he's separated himself so much. We're literally seeing like peak Ronald Acuna here. It's it's pretty cool. 
I was going to bring up the K rate if you didn't, because that is incredible. I mean, his first three years, 2018 through 2020, 25%, 26%, 3%. 2020 was the abbreviated season for COVID, and it was 29.7%. And then 2021, yeah. 2022, it was 23.6% in both seasons, and it's 124 this year. I know. That, I mean, that is massive. I mean, I remember us, I, like, I remember raving about Cody Bellinger a few years ago because he kind of did something similar, except it was dropped to like 16, 17%. And, yeah. I mean, this is 12. That is, that's a, elite with the bat speed he's got, the skills that he already has with it. It's incredible. I remember one thing that sticks in my head with him from this season. I remember on opening day, it was the very first game. It was the first at bat. He got on base. <laughs> and, you know, he's, I forget if he singled or walked, but he was on first. And he was, like, dancing off the base. You know, and we were all kind of speculating, how are the rules going to change everything? Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, watching him on, on first base, just kind of bouncing around, bouncing around. And he just having fun out there, you know? And he takes off, steals second. And I remember at that moment thinking, oh, my God, he's going to steal a ton this year. And I didn't think he'd have 40 at the All-Star break, but it was just right away I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this makes a lot of sense, you know? So I'm trying to find it. Um, yeah, Ozzy Albies, I think it was saying something like um, before the year that he was ho- hoping to go 40-40, maybe even 30, but he'd take 30-30. But he's like, Acuna might go 50, like 30. 40 50 or something i think that he said something like that i don't think that's the exact yeah word. i was trying to pull it up real quick he didn't get his part right acuna though <laughs> yeah he's going to be cor- correct and a whole lot more for that one so pretty amazing yeah i think there's only been two 30 50 seasons ever and i think he's going to be the third as long as he stays healthy trout just missed it if i recall right didn't he on that think i think he yeah, I think he was 30-49. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Loser. Yeah, right. So you said something at the beginning because we have not had any discussions about this. I actually paused. My first pick would have been Acuna too, but I at least mm-hmm. considered one other name. Yeah, that's... Can you? Do you know I'm who I'm sure going to... Like, actually, I... Uh, I, I think it's one of two guys, okay. so... I mean, well, you can go ahead and make your second pick. <laughs> my second pick is the greatest player in the last or of all time in terms of baseball, <laughs> and that is Shohei Otani. And as a bat, it's clearly Acuna. But in a weekly league, I like I thought about it, and I'm like, man, like there is something to having. Like I used to like on this podcast two or three years ago, I used to say I don't want Shohei Otani in a weekly league period because he used to like, you know, he would always take the game off as hitter the day before and the day after to where he was hitting three times a week and pitching once a week. And I, and once every six or seven days, none of it was worth dealing with at the time, but now he hits every day, whether he's pitching, if it's the day before he's pitching, whatever. And he's basically now a 30 plus home run bat who I think is What's he got, like 31, 32 homers this year? 30, 31, and 11 steals. Yes. So 
you got a guy here who, if, again, I'm going to play the steamer game here. I'm doing this on the fly, but they project another 20 home runs. The bat does, steamer 19. So you're saying a guy that could go 50-20 here yeah. with 110 runs in RBI. And let's just say you're doing well offensively and you'd, you'd rather make him a pitcher. Um, clicking the pitching tab. You got one of the best pitchers in the league, a guy who's got a 3.32 ERA. He's one of the league leaders in strikeouts with 132 in 100 innings. And I think I would give, like, the negative is you have to put him at a utility slot as a hitter. But, man, if you need whatever it is you need, he can go in there and do just about any in nine or eight of the ten categories he does at a incredibly high yeah, level. Nine, with n- nine the ninth really. one still not being 20 steals is nothing to sneeze at. Oh, yeah, that helps for sure. So, yeah, I am... Think I'm at least not certain I would take Acuna number one at this point uh, at the at like next spring. I think I probably still will, but it, it's at least close enough for me to stop and think about it. So that's yeah. my number two. Yeah, he he was my number two too. So um, don't disagree with anything you said. He's the greatest player of all time to me already. I don't need to see this for. 15 years to know that. Um, So is he a Hall of Famer uh, today? Yeah. If if his elbow blows out today. I I think if you put it up for a vote, people would say no. I would say yes. I'm with you. And I agree on both. I just, like, there's there's almost no words for it at this point, you know? The thing Um, is, even if his elbow blew out, he'd still be able to hit for another 10 years. And he'd probably do some amazing things over that 10 year stretch next 10 years to where he'd be like, you could probably argue it just off the bat. And then you add in those five years of pitching, six years of pitching, or let's just say stays pretty healthy the next five years. Then he's got 10 years. I mean, we could be talking about him at the end of it all as the greatest player ever. I think, I think just please God stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. Um, last year, 34 homers, 11 steals in 157 games this year, 31 homers, 11 steals in 87 games. So he's already like at where he was last year. Um, it, it's so funny cause he seems like he's getting better yes. and it's just, ins- it's insane to say that. Um, and yeah, the the only reason I would just take Acuna is for the the steals discrepancy. Completely but get it. I I can't I can't um, I can't fault anybody too much for taking Otani. That's for sure. Twenty nine point six percent strikeout rate, twenty twenty one, twenty four, and twenty two. Yeah, he hasn't dropped it to twelve. But with Otani, I might as well throw the word yet in there because <laughs> I just don't believe anything's impossible with him anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. He's crazy. Number three feels a little more open right. to me. I'm curious to know where you're going here. So number three, I am going to take Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, 64, or 64, 16 home runs and 14 steals in 67 games this year. Uh, K rates down. Yeah, I mean, I he's been really good. He's shown he can stay healthy. Uh, which was the big question, you know, coming into the year. And some people were doubting, like, what will he do coming off the PED thing and all that. And he's he's like the one guy that I feel like 
could threaten Acuna with like pow- like home runs and steal. I mean, I guess you could say Otani too because he mm-hmm. can do whatever. But but Tatis is just one of those guys that has that type of skill set. Like he's not probably going to run as much like going forward as Acuna just because they're probably going to play it a little more cautious. I think one thing to think about too with Tatis is he will be outfield only. Um, and this year he was, you know, shortstop outfield, but yeah, I just, I just think he's great. He does everything. And, you know, if you assume that he's just only getting healthier then who knows what that means. Like, I, I don't think you can put too much of a ceiling on him going forward. You know, I, Still really like him, and yeah, I think he's number three. And you know, I own Tatis in a dynasty league. I know you've got some redraft shares. He didn't start off great either. You know, as he was just getting back, hadn't played all of last year with the shoulder and the suspension. And in the month of April, he hit two sixty eight with two homers and zero steals. He was zero for one in stolen base attempts. That is an oh, I guess that's only nine games. Yeah, it was only oh, a yeah. few games. Yeah, I he forgot came back that part. He came back April twentieth. Yeah. So. And in May, he did hit seven home runs, but I mean, and he stole five bases, but again, like, like I didn't feel like he was, he really got going until June. So, and July, he's even been hot in this small little run too, but, um, he's really scorching the ball now, stole nine bags in June, along with six home runs. I just feel like he started out a little slow and is really just now getting going to where, yeah. yeah. I I agree. He's the three for me. But yeah, I I do you feel like he's closer to Otani Acuna or the people behind him? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's close. I I kind of debated Otani and Tatis a little bit, but um, yeah, I guess I would say he's closer to those two for me. Because I think, I think here you can go a few ways. Yeah, I've got my guy, but I I think you. I'm not as sure. I guess at four. I'm not as sure now, like as I would have been just a bit ago. But we'll get into that in a bit. I'm gonna take Julio Rodriguez here at three, uh, or at four. I mean, um, four. Yeah. Yes, I'm gonna take Julio. Um, not having the greatest campaign after last year, but um, still not really like if you took him, it's you're really only getting hurt right now in the batting average department being a 250. I mean, 13 home runs, 20 stolen bases. He's definitely running more, and he's picked that up as late because I remember looking about a month ago, and he hasn't homered much this last month, but he, I think he was around 13 and 13 a few weeks ago or a month ago whenever I was looking into him. 50 runs, 47 RBI. So he's really been good in four of the five categories. And I don't know. I just, I think this could be a sophomore thing to where he's going to get, like, I expect him to get hot at some point in the second half. So there he is. I was trying to find a stat cast page because I wasn't able to pull that up. But I mean, still pulling elite exit velocities. Launch angle isn't quite as high as it was last year, but I mean, hitting the ball hard. Running still in a very fast runner, 97 percentile sprint speed. When he was a prospect, I don't know, like, I don't, we haven't talked much in the last year and a half. He was still in the minors, but I didn't know he was this fast. Did you? 
maybe not when he was a prospect, but I felt like right when he came up, you knew pretty quick. Yeah. You know, he he was running like crazy when he first came up. So then he didn't run much in the second half, which kind of gave a little pause, but he's quieted those. So yeah, I'm just, yeah. One thing that's go and I'll go ahead. I was just going to say something real quick. One thing that's real interesting to me was, is the, um, last year, 21 steals in the first half, mm-hmm. four in the second. Mm-hmm. And then right now he has 20. And I mean, we're basically at the all-star break. So curious to see if he's still running in the second half. I mean, I don't think that that's a trend that can't be bucked. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think he's mostly the same player. I mean, barrel rates down a little bit, but, um, 13 homers, 20 steals in a year where it's like, Oh, he's been a disappointment. I mean, it's still pretty good, you know. I had him lower, but I uh, I don't mind it. His his batting average is two eighty four last year, but his expected batting average was like in the two sixties. What was it? What did I see? Um, shoot, where it is two fifty four? And this year he's hitting in the two fifties. His expected batting average is two sixty eight. So he's been a tad unlucky, not too bad, but I mean, yeah. So yeah, I and for the record, I did not like. I'll, I'm going to save my thought, my other thought, until I hear this player get mentioned. So we'll just move on yeah, to he, you. He's about to get mentioned. I think so. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to take uh, at five. I'm going to take Corbin Carroll. Uh, I'll just say, I mean, it's pretty clear that we don't know what's going on right now. I mean, I would last night when I saw the injury, I. Legit thought he might be out for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today, he's in the starting lineup. So We're recording pretty this on shocked. Friday night, just for everybody listening. Yeah, we're recording listening. it on Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah. His arm could have um, fallen off this weekend. Right, correct. Yeah, and it almost looked like it was last night. It yep. was so weird. So, so this pick is contingent on him being healthy going into the season. I'll say that. But, I mean, obviously, if he isn't, or there's questions with it, I mean, there's a lot of time between now and then. It'll be lower, but um, yeah, just ridiculous season so far. 18 homers, 24 steals. Kind of feels like Trey Turner in the outfield to me, like just what we've thought Trey Turner has been in the past. I mean, I I kind of coming into the year, like I have a few Carroll shares, um, have him on my main event team, which has been awesome. But the question for me with him was just where the power would be, and it's been great. I mean – He's 559 slug for the season. Um, and he, you know, he's 510. You just kind of wonder. I wasn't really sure. Like last year, he had 28 homers, but only four were in the majors. And it's like, how is that going to translate? That was kind of my question. Like if, if he would have had 15 homers and a ton of steals, I, I wouldn't have been that surprised either, you know? But with already having 18 and showing the power he has. I just I just can't really pass him up here. I think that the really nice fantasy fantasy contributors are the ones that obviously you got to have power, but the ones that can just go crazy with the speed. And he's just one of them. I I feel like that the ceiling you would put on his steals, I don't even know if you can put a ceiling on it. You know, so obviously pending his health, but um, yeah, I had him at four. So I kept falling in would, love. Uh, with take Trey. him here. I kept falling in love with Trey Turner five, six years ago because he'd play those half seasons those first couple of years and he'd hit steal 35 bags. 
And I, yeah. I dream, I'm like, man, if he could just stay healthy and play 150 games, this guy might steal 60 or 70 bags. And Carroll is that with more power at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's putting up more power yeah. than Trey was, who was hitting more like 15 to 20 home runs. And Carroll's got that right now, doesn't he? Once he got 14 uh, bombs. He's got eight, 18 Jeez. home runs. Yeah. And that's the thing is, that's the thing is, I don't, you know, like some may say, okay, he's got more power than Trey and less speed, but I don't even think he has less speed. Mm. I mean, they're, they're right there. You know, like it could just be Trey with more power, which is obviously just crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. So, and, and he's kind of at that stage too. I always feel like when guys are super young, they're more likely to just run wild. Yep. And then after a few years accumulate and it's like, oh, let's keep this guy healthy. We know what we have. Then there's more of a chance of it tailing off. But I feel like you want to get these elite guys early on for the stolen bases because, man, it can just it can just go crazy. Like there's there's not really a number with Carroll that you could say on his steals where I'd be like, ah, oh, no, he can't do that. So, so you said something there that made me think because you were saying about how you know, after they've been in a few years, like, let's keep this guy healthy. The Diamondbacks are winning right now. And aren't they leading the division at the moment? Yeah. Yep. So let, it's and close. It's close, but yeah, they're, they're in first. They surprisingly have Carroll in the lineup on Friday night here. Do you, th- I mean, I guess that could be something that rest of season could be a little scary to think about. They could be. They need his bat in the lineup. They really want to try winning that division. They've got an opportunity. I wonder if they actually do slow him down with the running. And we don't know. I mean, he could take a swing and all of it yeah. be out. But rest of season, I hadn't really given any thought to that. And that's probably a legitimate thing to think about right now. Nothing you can yeah, do I about was just, it. I was just, yeah, there's nothing you're going to, there's no like actionable move. I just, I am really surprised he was playing tonight. Like with the all-star break, just a couple of days, I figured give him the weekend through the break, you know, a week from tonight is when it resumes. And then if everything checks out, you know, then maybe he's playing then, but one yeah, last, it's crazy. It's one crazy last Carol question before we move on before these shoulder injuries happened a couple weeks ago, let's just say those never happened. Where is he on this ranking for you? I didn't, I didn't move him. Really? Because well, just because I we're talking about going into next season. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming with this pick that he's healthy going into next season. And if he isn't, then it would change. But I mean it's far enough away that I think that for now you can assume that. I hope so. You know, yeah, maybe I, maybe it changes. I do think that there will be people that like I think Carol's min pick next season will be like two. I think that after Acuna, I, th- I could see him going too. Oh, for sure. I think that there will be in some drafts. I, but not yeah, many. yeah, maybe, yeah, not. Yeah, many. I mean, there's right, right. There's always a exceptions, I guess. So yeah, it could, <laughs> it could happen. I, I well, there's so many drafts over. out there. You know, I just I'd find it hard to take him over Acuna, but somebody may. I moved him below Julio if I was drafting right now. And I don't feel great about it. I honestly think flip a coin a little bit on that. But because I've just shoulder injuries can get into the next year sometimes. But yeah, I also like if he's got it cleaned up and he's starting spring training just fine. If if something if the worst happens and 
he takes a swing and he's out for the year and he has some surgery, but he's out there at the start of spring training. Yeah, I'm taking him. I'm taking him at three, three or four. I might take him ahead of Tatis. I mean, it's it's he's a lot closer to Tatis than he is Julio for me. So I de- I did knock him down a tick, but I don't know. We'll see. You know what I've missed, Andrew? What have you missed? I've missed our breaks with our cute little break song. And I think we should take a quick break before we do the second half or uh, the, the last 10 picks of this first round. All right, we are back. We have made five picks in our first 2024 redraft to highlight. And Ron Andrew is picking, taking the odd picks. Acuna number one, Otani I took number two. He took with the third team Fernando Tatis. The fourth team takes Julio Rodriguez. Fifth team takes Corbin Carroll, and that puts me at six. And I want to ask you a question. I feel like this is a teardrop right here after the first five. Do you feel that, or are there guy? Is there somebody that's mm. really close to the five for you? I like my next guy quite a bit. So. Okay. Well, I don't know. I hope I hope it's not who yours is. We'll see. Well, this is a guy who I've definitely championed. I think a couple of years ago I was saying I'd take him number one overall, and I didn't really hear many people, other people, saying it. And that'd be Mookie Betts. Was um, Mookie is playing awesome right now. He's running a little more over the, over the I think the, the in the last bit. I'm trying to pull up his profile here, and part of my reasoning is yeah. Well, he's got seven steals, so not really much more. Not running more. I just feel like this guy is always high in production in a lot of categories, and it's more of a it's a safe pick. For a guy who, but on like, I think this is a good time for me to talk about one thing I'm thinking about it in terms of 2024 leagues. Um, with these early picks, I want to get categories of production, and I'm going to think about runs and RBI a little more and power. I am going to think about speed, and it'd be great to get it, but I want to get guys who I feel like have a pretty good history of staying healthy. I think that's the way I'd say it. And Mookie has been pretty healthy throughout his career. And he's always going to be up there near the top of the league and run scored. Still gets a lot of RBI. Great team, great lineup around him. And on top of all that, he's already locked down second base eligibility. And I think there's I like pretty likely chance he's going to be second base shortstop and outfield eligibility next year. So for all of those reasons, I'm jumping him up to number six overall here yep that was my guy <laughs> ah okay i i, I wasn't yeah. certain I, I we haven't discussed this so okay yeah i had him at five um yeah i think it it's just it's huge the eligibility he's gonna he's gonna have second base outfield and he's probably gonna, he's at 16 games at short so he's needs four more I mean, you have to assume that he's going to get four more. Um, healthiest, been, healthiest he's been in a few years. 
And his ground ball rates at the lowest rate it's been in his career, you know, barreling balls at the highest rate since 2018. It's just, I mean, it's high floor, it's high ceiling, it's elite offense. I mean, he's awesome. You know, what else is there to say? Mookie Betts is awesome. Is this the end of it? And, and the other thing too, with him that I like specifically, well, I was going to say specifically in draft and holds, but you could say it even in a fab league is when you get into the later rounds, it opens you up when you take guys like this with eligibility. I always think about this, but like second base shortstop outfield eligibility, that's huge because then if there's another shortstop you like later or another second baseman you like later, you can just take them and then you, you can move them around. You know, obviously you always need outfielders, but maybe you wind up stacked in the outfield and you don't, you, you get sniped on, second base and shortstop and you're like okay I'll put him there you know that that frees you up to do things later in the draft and I wouldn't make you know I may not make a pick this high solely based on that but he's also obviously a great player yeah so it's just it uh it doesn't hurt let's let's put it that way it moves him up a tick and yeah and um you know you and I have talked about this privately a little bit over the last month you've talked as we've talked about draft and holds you're having a pretty good year in your draft and holds I'm having a terrible year and uh you know I I to I got into the fantasy baseball realm back into it really late this offseason so I really wasn't as prepared in general anyways but one thing I'm picking up on is these multi-position eligibility things especially in a draft and hold can allow you to take more pitchers and you just can't ever have enough pitching if you've got enough of these multi-position guys that you can move around if something happens. So adding yeah. that is like, it's the icing on the cake for Mookie. So, yeah. So yep. where does your tier end then? Like you said, you got one more guy. Would Julio have been in this tier or would that like that have been where the I tier had, dropped off for you? I had Julio at like eight. I had him oh, okay. more in the middle of the first round. So, so I'm gonna was your five a tier then taking Julio out? I would say I don't know. I don't know really where it separates, to be honest. Okay. I think I think Mookie and this next guy are really close. Well, who is this next guy? Seven next guy away. is gonna be Jose Ramirez at seven. And um yeah, just a classic five-category masher, you know. Um, only player in baseball with a walk rate over 10% and a K rate under 10%. thought that was interesting. But, yeah, I mean, he's great, does everything. Hit 289, 14 homers, nine steals. Um, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> I wish the lineup around him was better. But I've made enough Guardians jokes this season that I'll <laughs> – I'll leave it at that, but um, yeah, he still gets his numbers, you know. So, yeah, I'm gonna take J Ram at seven. I just think he's solid, safe. Like I said, high floor, high ceiling, kind of the same thing with Mookie. Again, going off the rest of season steamer stats, I mean, they've got him at finishing at 28 home runs and 20 stolen bases, and that's solid, especially because his uh, runs and I mean, a awful lineup around him. And he's still supposed to finish with 98 runs scored and 101 RBI. Yeah, and awful is... Awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's real bad. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, the guy deserves better. But you know what? 
he signed a deal there and he's he's you know he's got he's set for life with that team with what the deal he signed um and i just hope the i almost said indians i hope the guardians get him some talent get some talent around him eventually yeah definitely yep he's an awesome player um that'll put me up next here for pick number eight yep i don't really like this was a spot where i didn't really like anybody to be honest um did not feel great about anybody specifically there are guys with higher upside that are out there but again i think even more i'm going to be focusing on trying to stay healthy with these draft and holds especially if i'm thinking about taking fewer bats or fewer bats so i'm going with the safer guy here and that's kyle tucker um again just going you know went 30 25 last year so really surprised me with those stolen base totals whenever i you know i didn't pay attention last year and whenever i was looking at last year's stats late in the off season as I was, you know, doing a lot of prep work, I was really surprised he stole 25 wondering, wondered if that would happen again. And well, he's got 14 right now and steamer has him finishing with 26. Um, he's, you know, 25, 25, 30, you know, he's going to finish again. It's, oh, I shouldn't say going to, but he's pacing to finish again with another 25, 25 season. Good, but not, you know, not the same Astros lineup that he that's been the last previous few years. We've talked about that in some chats, but yeah, he's just a solid player. Doesn't strike out much, gets on base. I think the doing away from the shift um, that the allowing people to stack hitters on one side, like hit or fielders on the right side. I think he's one of the people that's really helped from that. I've noticed his. It's, his batting average has always seemed a little suppressed, and he's hitting two ninety three this year. And um, yeah, I'll take Kyle Tucker. Yeah, he was he was my next guy. I had him at seven. So yeah, two ninety three, thirteen homers, fourteen steals, pretty much does everything. He's hit three, four, five all year in the lineup. I, that was that was one thing with him. Previous seasons, he was always hit like sixth and, you know, just lower in the lineup a lot. And he's moved up this year. I mean, some of that is to do with the lineup not being quite as strong. But I still think going forward with a fully healthy team, it's it's a strong lineup. So Mm -hmm. and and his walk rates up over 10 percent for the first time in his career. So, yeah, I've never been like the biggest Kyle Tucker guy in the early to middle part of the first round. But he, he just keeps doing it. You know, it's like. And it's five category production once again, so you can't can't ignore it. I think it's totally fine here at number eight. Yep. Okay. Who do you got at nine? This one's tough. Um, I am going to go with Juan Soto at nine. All right. And um, yeah, more. I don't know. I kind of think of Soto as more of a of a floor pick. Like I don't. Yes. I just not a not a guy that's gonna um, really really hurt you. He's been crushing everything since about May first, um, and his his numbers are up. You know, two seventy two, four twenty six, four ninety slash line overall, and that's with starting slow. Splits have been there a little more this year. He's only got a seven twenty OPS against lefties, but it's only like one hundred and eighteen at bats, I think. Um, and yeah, you know, twenty percent walk rate, four straight year. I wish he'd hit the ball in the air a little bit more, but I think it's fifteen homers and six steals right now. Yes. And um, 
he just he just hits everything hard and he's not the type that's likely to burn you so yeah i'll take soto at nine right now and as i could see myself like if he doesn't go crazy in the second half i could see myself pushing him down a little bit as i get a little more comfortable with other guys like moving them up maybe uh, but right now with like just knowing what i know it's like juan soto's awesome i'll just take him at nine number nine juan soto you you said it he's very safe that's that he is a floor guy to take and if you're in a draft and hold like i, I might have pushed him too far down as i'm looking at this and kind of seeing where i had him and i'm like you know there, I was just saying that about Kyle Tucker, and Soto is another one of those floor players. And, you know, the stats look a lot better. I mean, it was so bad. I remember us talking at the beginning of the year, and, like, the, there were questions we were having in the, in, in the chats where it's like, is he still an elite player anymore? Like, are we yeah. still calling him that? But, you know, in his defense, he's picked it up 15-6. and six. You know, again, um, with the steamer, they're saying he's going to go 30-11, and 11, which – a good baseball player and that's after starting cold i mean if he goes on a hot streak you never know he could be he could have 35 or 40 homers if he gets on a real hot streak you never know yep so we get we're nine picks in and we've got my top my top (laughs) nine are gone so let's see if you take my next guy you're doing good you're doing good at this well i'll I'll (laughs) take take my my guys (laughs) i'll take that as a good thing because again I, I mean, especially right now, I am leaning on you a lot with this podcast because I've, what is it, July? I didn't look at anything fantasy baseball related till like the very last few days of January. And I'll tell you, Andrew, I've talked to you this, said this to you. Being in a baseball coma for an entire year is wild. I don't recommend anybody yeah. do it. <laughs> Because you come back, like, I'm going to tell the story real quick. I came back, and our buddy Kando ran, took over one of my Dynasty League teams. And I came back, and he gave me the team back. He he ran it for me. Really thought he was taking it over, but he's like, if you ever want the spot, the team back, it's yours. And I come back, and I look, and I see prospects like Kyle Manzardo and Gavin Williams. And I'm seeing they're ranked real high on prospect lists, and I'm like, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> I see where they're ranked, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I am this far out of it that I don't even know who these guys are in their top 20 prospects. It's wild. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't want to take this guy, but I'm good. Like if I'm picking 10, I think I'm going to go on and do it. It's a guy who could even like he's a league winner if he's healthy and that's Aaron judge. Uh, what he hit 60 home runs last year. The it's just all about if he stays healthy. And I know if I was to take judge in the first round, I would really try going conservative with my next few picks, but uh, yeah, 62 home runs, 133 runs, 131 RBI. And I was definitely not in the camp for taking him. Like, I think I was lower than others as I, as drafts were happening. I was seeing him what was his ADP? Because I think he was a top three pick in a lot of drafts. Yeah, 3.41 ADP. And I don't know if I was up there just because of the fact that the injury risk. But we're getting to pick 10 now. And I, I don't feel any different about him with him being injured this year because that's not. I don't expect that to affect him next year. But I've always thought that 
I'd be wary to take him in the early half of the first round of most years just because of the fact that he just I, I feel like a big bodied guy in his thirties scares me more than a you know, any guy in the thirties carries risks. I mean Mike Trout right now just keeps getting dinged up, but people that size make me a little more nervous, but he could also stay healthy and if he plays hundred and fifty games this guy I mean, he can break home run records that you know, not counting the guys from the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I he was a hard one for me to know mm-hmm. where to slot. I because it's clear as day. Like I think you can make the argument that he's the best hitter in the league. Like he just yeah absolutely obliterates everything. He he's top one percent in the league in hard hit rate every year. Every full season, like not counting, I think it was 2020, that he's played in the major leagues. Jeez. I mean, it's just he crushes everything. I mean, we all know this. But, yeah, it's literally it's all health. And it's just how many games is he going to play? I mean, you could probably make the argument that even in 100 games, he's going to be really, really valuable. Kind of almost like a DeGrom argument, you know, where – just in a partial season, he's going to give you so much. I mean, he, mm-hmm. 19, 19 homers in 49 games this season, you know. And um, Yeah, I had him slotted at 14, but I'll be honest, I, I didn't know even where to put him. It was just kind of like, like you said, you want to blend like the risk versus, you know, maybe with something more conservative later on. And But yeah, I think it's I think it's totally fine. You said something there. Fine I want to take him here. Circle on and you, you know we were saying in a draft and hold like you, you were saying that you're not playing. Like if he gets hurt, you're not, you're still, even if you got a partial season to him stacked with somebody else, we've talked about this on the podcast before in previous years with judge and Stanton, both. I remember having these conversations whenever Stanton was like a 10th rounder. It's like, even if you're getting him a 10th rounder and you get 27 home runs in a half or two thirds of a season, you're getting that plus the other guy, but in a draft and hold, you know, if we're, if, you've only got so many slots and you can't pick up guys, but if this is a redraft league with pickups, does he move up for you? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think don't, he, I think he would for me. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'd have him seven and I'd probably feel a lot better about it. Cause I'd be thinking about him with somebody I could pick up that, you know, probably well, see, is better I think, than what I have. In I the think of, room. I think of redraft leagues for the most part with NFBC, which is no IL. So -hmm. like if you take a guy like that and they're out for a chunk of the season, they're eating up a bench slot. Agreed. I'm more thinking about leagues with pickups and I, well, I'm talking about leagues with, I'm talking about leagues with pickups too. Just no, IL. it just depends a little bit on the format, but like in a, in a 50 round draft and hold, I mean, you're just, you're filling in, with all the options that you have on your bench. So I don't know. I don't think I would think too much differently with it, I guess. Yeah. You might be putting Robbie Grossman in there instead of him. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. Not great. Okay. You're up. We are at, where are we at? Pick 11. Is that right? Yeah. We're on odd numbers. So pick number 11. Who do you got? Oh man, this one's tough. There's three guys I want. Actually, there's kind of four. Um, 
I am going to take the guy that I thought you were going to take when you were talking about floor mm. and just being solid and took Kyle Tucker, but I'm going to take Freddie Freeman. Ooh, I like that at 11. Um, yeah, this guy, yeah, I mean, just set your watch to it, you know, just consistent stud. You're getting everything. Uh, already has 12 steals career high was last year and it was 13. So, I mean, he, he could possibly give you 18 to 20 this year. I was blown away when um, I saw a steal total the other day. And I don't, and I don't, you know, you're not really, I think with Freeman, if you go into it expecting like eight to eight to 12, um, and then anything more is gravy, that's fine. And then obviously everything else is elite. Like with Mookie, the the lineup is awesome. I mean, you're getting so much high end runs and RBI and count, you know, just all the counting stats. And he plays every single day. Yeah, he's another guy that I don't feel like I've drafted a ton over the years. I think I have, I think I have one or two shares of him this year. But um, it's let's be honest it's probably been a mistake i mean he's just awesome every single season so yeah i think uh i think he's the pick for me here at 11 i like it i like it a lot i had him at 14 on my list but i and i also like in my head i'm like yeah i think i'm pushing him up here a little bit but i think that's really where he's been going but now as i'm even listening to you talk i'm like yeah i need to go even higher like maybe even right after Kyle Tucker on my list. Like I might take him there just because of the fact that like the floor and he's just, yeah, he's like, he's about as automatic as anybody in baseball at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I think I saw him this past off season go anywhere from, I know I saw him go in like the middle of the first round, but then I also saw him go like in the middle of the second round. Yeah. So, um, wide range, but yeah, he's a stud. I mean, it's kind of just wherever, uh, wherever you want to take him, you know, that is something, that range. That is something that I put more thought into. And I think I did with my rankings a little bit more than I have in years past is I paid attention a little more to those runs in RBI categories that, yeah, they're not completely predictable, but if you're a guy like Freddie Freeman, who's going to be hitting on the Dodgers, or if you're playing on the Braves, those are just I'm 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 just convinced that those are going to be really good lineups. And they're going yeah. to be run producing lineups. And meanwhile, if you're a player who like I, there are players that I push down for the same reason that we'll get to whenever we talk about them. So yeah, I like Freddie Freeman there. All right, you're up at 12. 12, number 12. I'm taking what I would call young Aaron Judge. <laughs> Another guy who's hurt right now, who, um, again, just ha- the moon is the upside. Always big-bodied guy that always seems to be hurt. But, man, if he could, like, again, if he stays healthy, I think I'd be willing to take him here, and that's Jord- Jordan Alvarez. I mean, the guy's a monster. He, I feel like he's a younger Aaron Judge, but he's also about as injury prone. But if I mean, he's a three-four-five hitter. He's capable of being a three-four-five hitter. Shoot, last year I'm just now seeing that he was a three-four-six hitter. 
with 37 bombs. I, I And I honestly think that he's got the upside to go out there and hit 50 home runs in a season. It, it hasn't happened yet, but, I mean, if he could get it, I mean, he hit 37 and 135 last year. I mean, I, I, I think it's possible with him to where I think I would go short on here. I th- I'm, you know, I as I did this, I'm still leaving some room to change my mind. But again, with the runs, like I believe that he's a very good run producer when he's in there playing too. 95 and 97 in the runs in RBI last year in 135 games. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jordan and pray to God he can get me at least 130. Yeah, yeah, all the things you said. I mean, he's. He's got insane power. He's one of those guys that if he hit 60, I wouldn't even be that surprised, you know. I mean, he could do it. I think the biggest difference with him and Judge is last year Judge stole 16 mm-hmm. bases, and you're never going to get that from Jordan. But, <laughs> no. um, yeah, as far as the other four categories, I think he's as good as it gets. The main, the main things with him are the no steals, which isn't a big deal as long as he's healthy, but the health mm-hmm. has been a little bit of an issue. And then the other thing to just keep an eye on a little bit is um, whether he's playing outfield or DH, you know, but he's got enough outfield games right now to qualify. It's just yes. any given any given year. I feel like he could become UT only. That's which, happening uh, soon. Yeah, which does, you know, affect things, but um, not for next season. So. Correct. You made me pause there. I was like, sure. I thought he'd played outfield quite a bit this year. Yeah, yeah he's got 20. Yeah, games he there. had. He had, but he's one of those guys that I'm usually checking because it's, it's uh, yeah, it's coming. Okay, you're up at 13. Who do you got? Whew, another tough one because um, the same guys I was thinking about are there. Um, <laughs> I took Judge and your. I will. I will go with Wander Franco. He was next 13. on my list. Um, man, I don't know if there's – there's a lot of crazy things that have happened this season, but I don't know if there's anything, at least among elite players, that has surprised me more than 28 steals yeah. out of this guy. I mean, I would have thought that was like a two-season total, mm-hmm. like coming into this year, you know? It's just – um, totally, totally crazy. That's, yeah, that's one thing that, um, I think you have to, if you're taking him here, you have to feel fairly good about at least a chunk of that sticking. I, I don't think it will stick at this rate, but if he is like a 25 to 30 steel guy, um, I think it's fine. And obviously really good hitter. I'm going to give you high batting averages, counting stats, all that. The one thing, I guess, you know, the main thing I think with him is just the home run output. He's got 10 right now, which, you know, say he's pacing for. Or, yeah, he hit hit his 11th. So, say pacing for 18 to 20. um, As long as that's what it is, it's fine. But if it gets down into the teens, like low teens, then, you know, maybe it's a little more iffy. So. Um, you know, below average barrel and hard hit rates. So just something to kind of keep an eye on with him. But um, obviously elite prospect, having a phenomenal season. Um, and, yeah, those steals are, are crazy. I don't, I don't really think they're 
I mean, they'll slow down from this pace, but I don't think they're just going to go away completely either. So, yeah, um, I'll go wander here at 13, but there's a few guys I could have taken here. So yeah, wouldn't have been upset if he was gone either. Yeah, he, you know his sprint speed's the 58th percentile. So it's not like he's this blazer. He's, I mean, he's fast, yeah. but he's just, he must have, inc- like, these new rules, his instincts, they're, it's working yep. for him. I think he's one of those guys that's that reads pitchers well and mm-hmm. is taking advantage of these rules, too. And another young guy that you kind of like to get them when they're this young, because there will probably come a point where the steals do dry up a little bit, hopefully. Do you hopefully like it's not next rules? year if you take them 13. Yeah, yeah, I do. Way more than I thought I would. Same. I, I wasn't sure... Um, Call me a little old school, but I just was kind of like, um, I don't know how much change I love right now. And I only I only say that just because I love the game as is. So it's like I don't personally like me. I don't need change, really. Uh, but I like to be able to adapt. And um, I do. I definitely like them a lot. The, pay, the pace of the game is way better. Uh, just how quickly it's moving and um I don't feel like I really even notice it during the game. And then at the end of the game, it's like, oh, wow, it was only two and a half awesome. hours. or Yeah, and it's just faster, and yeah, it's better. I like it a lot. I had Wander, like he was 10 on my list, and I like I think I had him at six or seven or, seven or eight, and I moved him down a couple slots just because I lo- fell into it, like looked at his launch angle, and was like, okay, his launch angle, he's not like elevating the ball much. He's got 10 home runs, but... I yeah. don't know if I would count on that repeating like if over a half season each time to where that's why I knocked him down. But he's, I mean, I still had him at 10. So it's not like I was like, I don't like this guy. But I definitely faded some launch angle guys as I was making my rankings. But Wander's awesome. Number, pick number, what was that, 13. So this is my last pick of the first round, my last team. And this is where I'm going to take the first pitcher, I guess. I had him number 11 on my rankings, and I am going to take Mr. Consistent, the guy who may not be the top pitcher every year, or he ha- like, but, I mean, I, there's nobody more reliable, uh, Two hundred, and that would be Garrett Cole. 200 innings last year, 181 the year before, and then the abbreviated season, but before that, 212, 200, 203. I mean, always out there just... You, you can count on him for innings. And if I'm, like, as much as you can any pitcher. So I'm going to bank on that. If I'm going to take a pitcher early, I'm going to want to take a guy that I can count on for innings in this first round. So Garrett Cole, I've taken the first arm at number 14. Yep, that was my next guy. You're uh, you're almost batting a thousand. You're almost batting a thousand with those. Except for Judge and Jordan. You yeah, yeah, I guess. But, yeah, I actually... I could have probably taken Cole as high as like seven or eight. Even I had him at I had him at twelve. But again, it, it I think with pitchers this high, it, it's kind of more like how you feel about the next round. Mm-hmm. You know, like are you are there bats you're targeting there? So you want the arm at the top. Um, Cole's not going to get to 14 in most drafts. I could tell you that right now. Like he, going into next season, most dra- unless he falls off in the second half, most drafts he's going to go higher than this. Um, but yeah, I I completely agree. He's my first pitcher too. Now and uh, for all for all the reasons you said, I mean, five straight seasons of 30 plus starts, 
I mean, obviously not counting the 2020 season, but little, there are a few little things yeah. like his, his K rates a little down, his walk rates a little up, just things to just watch and monitor, but nothing to be too concerned with yet. I don't think. No, that's a very valid point. And um, his expected ERA is 3.99 this year. And so he has been on the lucky side with the 2.79 ERA. And you're right. The K rate was the last thing I was about to bring up there. 9.689. Yeah. And it hasn't been under 11 in the previous five five seasons. So there is some dips happening here. But, I mean, it's also a half season. And, I mean, we're drafting right yeah. now for next year. And he could go nuts in the second half for all we know. So, all right. Yep, absolutely. Final pick, first round. Who are you taking? I'm going to take the other pitcher mm. that I think should be mentioned right in that, um, right with Cole pretty much. Um, but I would have taken Cole first. I'm going to take uh, Spencer Strider at 15. He was right um, at, He's after Cole on my list. And yeah, with him, uh, you know, just obviously the bonkers K upside. I This is another guy that I actually saw a second chance league where he went first overall. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it really is a massive advantage in strikeouts when yeah. you take Spencer Strider. It's huge. Um, and, you know, there's there's other, you know, there's little things with him. Like fastball's getting hit a little bit more this season. Um, 295 slug against it last year, 441 slug against it this year. But he's still getting elite whiffs. Um, using his changeup a little bit more, still not a lot. I mean, he's mostly a two pitch pitcher, but he's getting by, and it's just yeah, the, the strikeout edge you get with him is so big. I feel like it sets you up for the next rounds, especially if there's bats you like in round two. Um, but yeah, Strider's another one. I think he can go anywhere from like really high in the first round all the way down to maybe here. But I mean, he's not going to get to the second round in really any draft. I don't think. Uh, assuming you know nothing goes completely sideways in the second half. Yeah, he's been unlucky. I mean, expected ERA like last year had a two six seven ERA, expected ERA a two three nine, so pretty close. I mean, he's three six six this year, and that's a three one seven or expected ERA. So he's actually been a little on the unlucky side there. To where, yeah, I I don't have any shares. I didn't play fantasy baseball last year. It wasn't until the last week I realized when I looked when I was doing this prep that I saw he had 155 strikeouts in 98 innings. Yeah, it's crazy. So. It's, the other thing is, is like with Cole and Strider, like Strider won't get the innings that Cole will most likely, like mm-hmm. in a in a given season. Um, obviously, anything can happen to either one of them. But the thing with Strider is, I don't know if he needs the innings to be, you know, like if he. He's the type of guy to me that he could throw 170, 180 and just lead major the majors in Ks, even if he's, say, eighth or ninth in innings or something like that. So, yeah, just bonkers K rate. I think it's around 14 per nine. Just wow, stupid stuff from that guy. Yeah. Yep, those are the top two pitchers, and that's the first round. And you guys just hang out with us. or we're, we're really glad to have you all back. And here in just a couple days, we're going to put out the second round. Just tune back in Monday morning, and we'll have that for you guys. Until then, take care, everybody. Yep, take care, guys. I was waiting for that. I was like, where are you? 
Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 